Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Space Foot Messier podcast. I have a little surprise for you. <laughs> Flo is back. Hello, Flo. Hi. So, Flo, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. It made it sound really dramatic. I, I did. Was that was my bad. She... I was listening to the episode, but basically, I was having some issues with. Inch- I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, and I'm. No one cares. I was a witness of a car accident, and then there were issues with, like, insurance people, and it was freaking me out, and I needed to, like, resolve it immediately. Um, but yes, all is well. All is well. All is well. It was good to have Jenna here. I'm, it was really I missed you, to, to be totally to you honest. It was weird to not record with you, but... Um, I really missed it. It was cool to have Jenna. She did a great job. <laughs> she was awesome. Yeah. So last episode was all about Mars, and we did a part one where we did the past and present. Now... This episode is going to be Mars part two, all about the future of Mars, how we're going to get there and what's coming ahead. Very cool stuff. And we're not, I mean, we're not the only ones preparing for Mars. NASA, Roscosmos, all these other space agencies are not the only ones preparing for Mars because we have Tony, uh, Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) We do, always doing stuff here on the SpaceX podcast. (laughs) So SpaceX announced that they're building the first Mars or interplanetary ship, and they think they'll be ready to do short trips and flights by early next year, 2019. Their original plan was to send a cargo ship to Mars in 2022. So there's stuff there when humans get there. Um, So these are just going to be test flights. Now, SpaceX's BFR rocket, which the B and the R stand for big rocket, and there's an (laughs) F in the middle. Um, Don't know what that's for. (laughs) It's expected to travel to other planets and be fully reusable and a flight. Okay, this is the crazy part. SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket, which has the two, um, or the the nine rocket engines, my apologies, is, um, I think they said it estimated around $60 million. Now, the Falcon Heavy is only $90 million. So it's got only. 27 rocket engines, three times as many. It's $90 million. They're thinking that this rocket is only going to be about 5 to $6 million. That is insane. A bargain. Yeah, it's quite a bargain here in the <laughs> rocket industry. He hopes if BFR launches, others will believe Mars travel is possible and follow suit. And Musk noted that as soon as all the necessities for life are installed on Mars, then really the explosion of entrepreneurial opportunity will begin. Because Mars will need everything from iron foundries to pizza joints. What? We should just just launch the pizza port from Disneyland up and it should be in Mars. Yeah, high quality stuff too. Very high quality. <laughs> That's what deserves to be there first. I mean, we love Disneyland. Um, we do. Wow, a pizza place on Mars. I don't know. That's yeah. pretty exciting. I'd rather have a pasta joint on Mars, but mm. it's all red sauce. Cream doesn't barbecue. matter. Korean barbecue. Are you okay? Flo, by the way, just <laughs> ate her weight in Korean barbecue. I did. So much so that the waiter came at the end and went, you know, I, <laughs> it was a $21 menu. He was like, I usually don't eat $21 worth. But yeah, you guys definitely did some damage. You got your money's worth. And I said, thank you. Very nice. Very proud of it. Um, so I vote Korean barbecue first food place in Mars, which we should prepare for because NASA is sending another lander to Mars. We are. So Things are s- happening. We're sending two to Mars. This, is, this one is this year. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the INSIGHT, which stands for the Interior Exploration Using Seismic Investigations, Geodesy, and Heat Transport. It's a Mars lander designed to measure the inside of Mars. So its crust, its mantle, and its core. NASA will be launching the INSIGHT from the Vandenberg Air Force Base, which is in California. Which is like four hours north or something. Yeah. Which is crazy because um, they usually launch things on the East Coast around like Florida and right. Texas and that area. But now we're going to get a launch from here from that Air Force Base on May 5th as the first planetary mission launched from the West Coast ever. Ever. Yeah, the ever. first planetary mission launched from the West Coast. Okay. So it's the day before your birthday. Yeah. It is. Um, and we're going to be going. So oh, I can't wait. I'm right, so excited. I am finishing my application right now to be in the uh, press area, and I'm so excited. Yes. So keep an eye out for a, uh, an episode on that. That'll yeah. be awesome. Live launch from the first West Coast. Now, Insight's going to be awesome. It's going to be studying what they joke as Mars quakes. So it's going to be studying the interior, she said, the crust, the mantle, and the core. And we need to find out if it functions like Earth mm-hmm. uh, or if it's a whole other beast. That's going to be just a fun project that I don't have to deal with. Yeah. So... Have we already established that they have a crust, mantle, and core? Or are we assuming? Yes. Yes, we have. It's for sure. Yeah. It's okay, not, it may not be made as the same, uh, okay. made up of the same material, but yes, it does. Mm, nice. All right. Straight into today's topic. The That's future it. of humans on Mars. That's it. So it starts with robots and humans will follow suit. I promise, uh, we promise that just sending a human to Mars in the first place is a very bad idea. Um, you want to send robots first. Uh, it's yeah. the safest thing, and it's going to get us there quicker. So the next rover that we're sending to Mars, so that one will be a lander. It's not going to move around um, too much there. The next one is the Mars 2020 rover. Now, this is going to be a little similar to Curiosity, just bigger and better. It's going to be totally upgraded in all areas. We're going to launch, well, they're planning on launching it in July or August of 2020. And it'll land, of course, because it's like a nine-month trip in Mars, um, on Mars in February of 2021. And the mission duration says that it'll last um, about a year on Mars, which is 687 Earth days. But as we said, NASA engineers are pretty smart. Mm. I doubt it will only last a year. So that'll be pretty rad. Oh, that's awesome. And so they have four science goals um, for this rover, which are, one, to determine where life ever, whether life ever arose on Mars, if there ever has been life supported there ever. Um, the second would be to characterize the climate of Mars, and then to characterize the geology of Mars, and lastly, to prepare for human exploration. Now, there are a lot of different ways that we could do this. We, we know a lot about Mars just from the landers that are there, but to give you an idea of what this will mean for humans to be there... If you average the speed of all the rovers on Mars right now, and uh, and especially Curiosity, you'd be really surprised how long it takes to get things done when your rover is a planet away. For instance, mm. there's at least like a 20-minute uh, information gap so or a communication gap. So if I were to send a message right now to Mars, it'll take at least 20 minutes to get there. And so when they're controlling this rover... They have to give it instructions, and it won't do those things for 20 minutes. So if there's a storm coming, and we see it now, we can't alert the rover to do anything for another 20 minutes. And so if you average out the time that it's spent there and the distance it has traveled, it has moved slower than a snail. That is real. So when humans go there, we're going to get things done so exponentially, it's going to be 
absolutely insane. And that's why we want to go there. There's so much science to do there. And we're so limited by the fact that we have to do the science from here. And so in order to do these goals that Flo just mentioned, um, Mars 2020 has four science objectives. And so this one is to seek and determine habitable environments. So Mars 2020 is going to go there, seek it out, see where we can live, and then we're going to live there. It's going to seek for signs and biosignatures of past life, uh, just in case any of these habitable environments fostered life in the past. We're going to collect rock and soil samples and store them on Mars so when humans get there, it's all going to be there for us. And my favorite one, this one is super cool. It's going to test oxygen production from the Martian atmosphere. Now, we said in the last episode that the Martian atmosphere was 96% carbon dioxide. That's kind of insane. But for those of you who maybe haven't taken chemistry or uh, or not, carbon dioxide means that there's two molecules of oxygen in that um, combination, which means that we can actually extract the oxygen from the carbon dioxide and make it breathable for humans, or at least that's what we're trying to do. So Mars 2020 will have this technology on it called MOXIE, M-O-X-I-E, <laughs> another acronym. Yes. Got some real MOXIE. Is that a term? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard that. Oh, from like the 40s or something? Ah, you got some MOXIE, kid. You don't know what no, I'm talking I know about? No, I was born in the 90s. Oh, I was not. <laughs> I was born in the 20s. <laughs> so MOXIE, another acronym. That's cute. Is the Mars Oxygen ISRU Experiment. Now, ISRU stands for in-situ resource utilization, which basically means using what's on Mars to create resources for humans. And so that's exactly what it says. We're using the carbon dioxide to extract the oxygen and create oxygen for humans to breathe. And so that will test out that technology there. And if that completely fails, we're going to have to figure something else out before we go there. But if that is a success, that's another thing we can check off the list of ways that in which we can survive on Mars. So the MOXIE tool is super, super cool. And that's going to be all on this rover. Which, this rover, they're trying to figure out where it's going to land. So they have three potential landing sites. Uh, the first being the Gusev Crater, the second being the Jezero Crater, and the last one being the Northeast Sirtis. Yes, those are three potential places, and we will keep you updated when we have um, a target. So not only does NASA have this rover planned for 2020, but they also have a larger plan for Mars in general. So they're on a journey to Mars with a goal to get humans there by the 2030s. We've actually already started this process with satellites and rovers and private companies, international cooperation, and the Mars 2020 rover that we were just telling you guys about. But NASA has classified this journey into three thresholds. So the first being Earth-reliant, second being proven ground, and then Earth-independent. Tell us more about these thresholds. Yeah, so these thresholds, um, they're pretty detailed in the NASA reports, but basically Earth-reliant, it's where we are right now. We are reliant on Earth. We cannot survive outside of Earth. We can on the ISS, but the most somebody has been up there is just over a year. And so we are in the Earth-reliant stage. The next one is called the Proving Ground, and that's just basically us hanging around the moon and like trying stuff and learning how to live days away. So the International Space Station is only hours away from Earth. The moon is days away from Earth, and Mars is months away from Earth. So it's a natural stepping stone. That's the proving ground. And then, eventually, we will become Earth-independent, which means independent. <laughs> from the Santa movies? No? Okay. <laughs> um, Earth-independent, which means we do not need Earth to survive. And I'm telling you, that is the goal by 2135, when the asteroid Bennu comes possibly hurtling towards Earth, and ending humanity as we know it. Dang. So 
That was our dark moment of the day. That was our dark moment. We're not going to do it. But they're ones. thinking that we're going to get humans up there by the 2030s, which is... Some humans, like four. <laughs> yeah, but that's still crazy. That's only 12 years away. Yeah. We need to figure this out in 120 years if we're all going to survive. Yeah. So let's start with the Earth Reliance stage. We're going to break this down just a little bit for you. Um, I will warn you, this is NASA's original plan. Um, Trump has changed a couple of this by switching the directive and stuff like that, but we're going to go over all of that for you. So in this Earth Reliance stage, we're operating the ISS till at least 2024. Right now, people are thinking 2028 as well. Uh, the ISS is the International Space Station. Right now, it's in a bit of a weird spot because after 2028, we're, we're not just going to throw the International Space Station away. So mm -hmm. uh, currently, private companies are having interest and in NASA is finding private companies to take care of it when NASA pulls out because it's it's not the budget for all the other countries, for instance, like the Japanese Space Agency, Canada, Roscosmos, which is Russia, and the European Space Agency. This doesn't affect them. They can still be up there, but for our budget, the United States budget, we will not be up there um, after 2028. Hmm. So in the ISS, we learn how to live off of Earth. Then, as well, in the Earth Reliance phase, we're working with private and commercial companies uh, for the development of low Earth orbit, which is the orbit just around Earth, not quite to the moon. And this is a lot of using private and commercial companies to get humans to the International Space Station, uh, set up satellites and send things into space using these private companies. And the last thing is the development of deep space systems, life support, and human health. So for instance, the ISS has been instrumental as in developing this. We are learning how to survive off the Earth, and we're also developing Orion, which is the capsule that humans will live in when they go to Mars. Um, and Orion is going to be a monster. It's going to, I mean, a monster as in like, we have to make it as habitable as possible. It's going to be a nine-month trip. And so that's what we're developing right now in the Earth-reliant phase. Dang. And then phase two is the proving ground, which is in cislunar space. And cislunar space is the space between Earth and the moon. So like Tony was saying, the ISS is hours away from home, but cislunar space is days away from home. So the goal is to get regular crewed missions and spacewalks up there in this space in between Earth and the moon. And then through that, they're trying to verify deep space habitation. So the first of these missions will launch NASA's powerful new rocket, the Space Launch System, the SLS. SLS. It's going to be so big. <laughs> um, and this mission is going to carry the Orion spacecraft without any astronauts thousands of miles beyond the moon during about three-week mission. And then the astronauts will climb into Orion for a similar mission, traveling farther than humans have ever traveled before. So the moon is 240,000 miles away-ish, give or take. And we're sending astronauts thousands of miles past that. So it's going to be a long trip. Yeah. And so then in the 2020s, we're going to make it even longer because they're going to send astronauts onto a year-long mission into this deep space, the testing the proving ground and verifying that we can live in that area and be so far away from Earth and also testing our readiness for Mars, period, like in general. So astronauts will be living in space far away from Earth mm -hmm. for an entire year. Yeah. In the 2020s. That's crazy. 2020 is in two years. That is in two years. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So the last stage of NASA's journey to Mars is the Earth independent. So if you guys, oh man, if you guys have seen this, it's called the seven minutes of terror. And uh, yeah. oh my gosh, it's so insane. It's the video showing how curiosity landed on Mars. I'm not even going to ruin it for you. You guys have to go watch this. It's truly terror, terrible. Terrible? Terrifying? Terrifying. There you go. There you go. 
<laughs> Once again, not an English major. <laughs> so in Earth-dependent phase, we're doing just kind of what that video shows. We're demonstrating that we can enter Mars, Mars's atmosphere, we can descend on the planet, and land on the planet, and we can get ISRU, which is that in-situ resource utilization, turning... Uh, carbon dioxide and oxygen and other things as well. We're also going to be conducting a robotic round trip um, mission with a sample return in the late 2020s. And then we're going to send humans to orbit Mars in the early 2030s. That is going to be a crazy time. Can you imagine sending humans to, I don't know. I feel like all I ever say is like, that's crazy. But these numbers and these dates are so soon that it really is absolutely spectacular. Not to knock NASA, but with all the politics that they have to deal with, the budgets that sometimes don't come through all the way, the different agencies that they work with, these dates are estimates. And they're, um, they're what they intend to do mm. if they get all their funding and if everything goes right. But we've learned with James Webb Space Telescope, which is launching very soon, that it gets pushed back. Some missions gets gets pushed back a lot. And with Mars being so risky... So many unknowns. Who knows? I am optimistic, but who knows? I am too, especially with the fact that this is something that intrigues everyone. And with that asteroid threatening all of humanity, I feel like Mars hopefully won't be something that will get pushed back. Well, that's the thing. People don't know about that asteroid. That is not on um, public service announcements. That is not in, you know, State of the Union address. People listening to this podcast know and people who keep up with it, but... That's why you got to share space semester, y'all. you got to alert your family. Start packing your bags. So we tease that Trump has kind of changed some of this. Yeah. And not necessarily just Trump, but the Trump administration. And he has. He, he's kind of said, we want to go to Mars, but we need to focus on the moon first. So on December 11th, Trump signed the Space Policy Directive 1, a document that shifts U.S. policy directing NASA to land astronauts on the moon before sending them on the red planet. Yeah, and he was saying that this time, we will not only plant our flag and leave our footprint, we will establish a foundation for an eventual mission to Mars. So he does have the goal of Mars in mind, but he does want to focus on the moon first. Yeah, I will have to say, this is cool. I, I do like the moon. I do think it's the smartest thing. Um, basically, NASA wanted to go to the moon first as well. They just wanted to have an orbiting space station that people can basically like go to and refuel called the Deep Space Gateway. Mm -hmm. But Trump wants to put boots on the moon. And so it is cool, but there's one thing about Trump's address that I didn't really like. Um, if you've listened to the intro of this podcast, you will know why I don't really like it. He said today that he wanted to top President John F. Kennedy's ambitions to send a man to the moon by pursuing a trip to Mars. So what Trump said exactly, um, a direct quote, was he said, we're looking at Mars, by the way, trying to top Kennedy. We're going to get there. It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's moving along pretty good. A lot of things have happened having to do with that subject. Way ahead of schedule. So Flo is not used to this technical talk. <laughs> uh, Trump speaks a little differently than Flo. Mm -hmm. So, but great job. You did a great Thank job. You. I did my best. Way ahead of schedule. Way ahead of schedule. <laughs> Just the things So. So in... The Trump administration's 2019 budget request, they remember how I told you that NASA kind of wanted to, I'm asking our listeners a question. Yeah. No, I, I was going to say, yeah, I do remember. Uh, oh, okay. Hey, Flo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Remember how I told you that NASA was, wasn't planning on going to the moon. They were mm-hmm. just going to have an orbiting kind of gateway, deep yeah. space gateway. Which sounds like the Jetsons. It, it really does. So now they've proposed the Lunar Orbital Platform Gateway, or LOPG, probably the sexiest name of, <laughs> of anything. Okay, LOPG. It's a concept for a crew-tended cislunar space station led by ESA, NASA, Roscosmos, which is Russia's space agency, JAXA, Japan's space agency, and CSA, which is Canada's space agency. It's formally known as the Deep Space Gateway, which is the one I told you about earlier, but the station was renamed in NASA's proposal for the 2019 United States federal budget. So it's the same exact thing. It was just renamed. That's all. And so... Basically, the station would be used as a staging point for the proposed deep space transport, which is a fancy way of saying the thing that's going to get us to Mars. It's a concept of a reusable vehicle that uses electric and chemical propulsion and would be specifically designed for crewed missions to destinations such as Mars. So this is kind of them reimagining the proving ground. And when I say electric and chemical... Chemical is what we use to get off of Earth. There's so much weight in these rockets. We have to use chemicals. Of course, we have to use all these fuels. Mm -hmm. Now, once you're in space, you don't really have to push off with any gravity. So you can use electric propulsion like solar or um, this hybrid, this SEPCHEM hybrid that they have as well, and that would be more efficient. So it's going to be a pretty cool, I don't want to call it rocket, but spaceship? It's going to be a spaceship. Yeah which is really cool. And I also want to tell you that the Mars 2020 rover, that's just a tentative name. It's kind of lame, obviously, that we have curiosity, spirit, opportunity. The Mars 2020 rover is named that because it's launching in 2020, but they will come up with a name. I'm sure there's a a team at NASA that literally just sits around and comes up with acronyms. Which I love. I'm sure of it. They have to. I'm not sure of it. I, what was it? Which one was the one? Oh, Moxie. The starting one? Insight or Moxie? Moxie and, um, yeah, Insight. That's darn good. Yeah. I'm sorry. Osiris Rex is still the best one. That one is oh, insane. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. See, there has to be a team there. Otherwise, they just wake up and think it. Yeah. Because they know what's going on well. So, right. everyone, that is our journey to Mars. That is NASA's proposed plan to journey to Mars. Stay tuned. In the future, we'll let you know on what other countries are planning on doing to get to Mars as well. This one just focused on NASA. Really, um, most of our listeners are in the United States. However, we have listeners in Malaysia and Australia. Hey! And the UK. All the way down there. Yeah. Nice. Hello, guys. Welcome, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. So... That's it for today. Thank you for listening to Mars Part 2. We are so, so excited um, for what's coming up next. We actually, normally we're going to be a a weekly podcast, but coming up, we've got a couple episodes coming up next week. We just want to give you more. Yeah. We're doing a blast off. We are. Mm -hmm. A true blast off. So... Um, if you'd like to support us, please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review us. That would help us so much. Especially if you're those listeners from Malaysia, Australia. Oh yeah. If you could leave a little review and tell us how you found us, that would be awesome. You can also leave it in your native language. That would be so cool. (gasps) Yes. We'll translate the Australians. They're like, oh yeah, let me do that in my native language, idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Australia. I apologize. I also apologize if I've ever called any of you or asked if any of you were from New Zealand. I, I apologize immensely. Or South Apparently Africa. this happens. Don't the three of them get confused? I don't know. Or is South Africa the one that always gets confused with like the British accent? I think that's it. I think that's it. Mm, yeah. Anyway, Australians, you rock. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, um, yeah, go ahead and follow us on social media if you want as well, at Spacebook Messier. Yeah, or 
support us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. That's okay. <laughs> but I did. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us as we set sail for the stars. No. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us as we set sail for Mars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You just destroyed my tagline. I was feeling all confident, and these people are expecting me to be confident, and I just... <laughs> I just want you to give them factual evidence. We're not setting sail for any... Stale? <laughs> We're not setting sail for any stars soon, but within the next decade... That's true. Oh, star shot. Oh. Get ready to just set sail. Yeah, let's grab your boats, folks. Tranquility Day 2, the Eagle has landed. Roger 20, Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That was definitely an e-ticket. <laughs>